Hey guys, I'm Mina. Hey y'all, I'm Ashley. And welcome back to Through the Cracks. Today's topic is about adulting. Uh, Mina and I were literally just having a conversation about how she has been going balls to the wall with her 80 hours a week and running her business and everything like that. She's not kidding. I literally worked 80 hours last week. (laughs) And kind of about, you know, it's very much praised. I mean, I talk to my family about Mina all the time because she is a member of my family so they always ask about her and anytime I tell them like yeah these are the things that she's doing they're like oh my gosh we're so proud of her like that's amazing you know she must be loving it and then there are days where she's like I cannot keep my eyes open I cannot have a conversation right now don't feel like a living person (laughs) and we've all been there um to some extent this past summer when I was working at a water park I was working 12 13 hour days outside all day doing very physical labor and I loved it it felt good to be up on my feet and moving but the second that I sat down it was like I don't exist mm-hmm. like uh, there were still things that I wanted to do I still wanted to hang out with people and go out and have fun but I just had none of the energy no literally that's really how it feels sometimes and like it's kind of sucky but also if you love what you're doing then it doesn't really matter you know because like I genuinely love what I do and I love going to work and I don't feel overwhelmed or exhausted by what I'm doing it's just like I'm physically tired from the work I'm doing and there's definitely a difference between being like emotionally and mentally tired and being physically exhausted because you're doing just like a lot of physically grueling work you know what I mean Like, when I'm working, I'm typically on, like, a film set or I'm at a wedding or something, and so I'm spending between 10 and 12 hours of the day not sitting even once. Like, I mean, maybe for five minutes I'll get to actually sit down to, like, change a camera battery or something, but I, like, legitimately am working straight through with no breaks, not even a lunch break or anything like that. 10 to 12 hours and like that's kind of (laughs) rough but I absolutely love what I do and I honestly wouldn't trade it for the world so you know I think that makes a really big difference in what keeps me inspired to want to keep going and what makes me want to you know keep pushing and keep showing up to work and keep accepting jobs like that because I even though I'm like physically exhausted by the end of the day I still have enough emotional energy to like cook dinner or I don't know have a conversation with someone or like you know still be friendly to people like I feel like there's a big difference between being genuinely inspired by what you do and not because when you're really inspired by what you do and like every all the tiniest little things about it even the most like annoying things about it when I started working as a PA I had to do shit like go pick up breakfast for the crew, you know, like, I mean, you just, you go to the 
store or Starbucks or wherever, you pick up the orders, you deliver the orders, you do a lot of like really back end stuff, you do a lot of like stupid things that you feel like really this is my job, like all the cool things happening on set and this is my job, but like even stuff like that I was happy to do because I loved where I was and I think that's a big difference in people who are like absolutely miserable and people who are really just living life and enjoying it, you know, like you have to as an adult, you have to find out what inspires you, you know, because I've, uh, somebody said, um, they said, if you are feeling bored and tired and unmotivated by things, it's not because, like, you're lazy or something, it's because you're unmotivated, it's because you're uninspired, and you need to find something to be excited about, you need to find a job or a, a profession or a hobby or something that makes you excited and makes you want to get out of bed in the morning and makes you want to get up at the butt crack of dawn to haul your ass an hour across town to be standing for 12 hours, you know? (laughs) Like, that's what my job does for me. And I think that's the difference between why I'm capable of working 80 hours a week with a smile on my face versus some people who can't even work 20 hours a week and feel like they can exist beyond that. Exactly. I, I think exactly what you just described was the saying find what fills your cup and the ideal Mm -hmm. situation I believe for everyone is to find a job or a career that's consistently filling your cup that's consistently inspiring you and makes you want to get up and go to work every day I know that we don't all have that luxury you know a lot of people when they're first starting out their careers you have to start doing jobs that don't necessarily fill your cup but they're going to get you where you want to go You know, I... A means to an end. Exactly. And in those moments, it's important to find other things outside of that specific career that continue to fill your cup. When I was in college, I enjoyed, like, going to the nearby um, animal shelter because it was being around those animals and the people who were helping take care of them felt amazing. My sorority was a huge part of what filled my cup between philanthropy events and the people in my life that you know school for me is a means to an end I love learning but school is not like the thing that brings me the most joy in life studying for exams does not get me up at 6 a.m bright and happy ready to get going (laughs) but a lot of the research that I do the articles that I find the discussions that I get to have with people who are also in the field that does fill my cup that does inspire me and so it's Mm -hmm. important to hold on to those things in your life and um i have pulled up here a list of different symptoms of burnout um if you don't know what burnout is in the most simplified version of this that I can give it is basically just complete exhaustion due to an overwhelming amount of stress that can take tolls mentally, physically, emotionally, and it it creates a, a cycle of negativity and helplessness that is very hard to get out of. I can say for certain that is a huge part of what went into me taking my break from school. I have always been very like go at it with school it was my main focus my main priority and really what I put all of my time and energy and self-worth into and so when I started struggling in school you know grade wise it caused a lot of lack of self-esteem and 
very much um, mental and emotional exhaustion, but also physical. You know, my weight was fluctuating in and out. I would get physically ill due to the amount of stress. There's so much that goes into it because I did not have enough filling my cup. You know, the time period that I took off was right after COVID. So the things that had been filling my cup, being able to go to the animal shelter, being able to spend time with my sorority, and even being able to see family, I was cut off from contact. I was at my apartment with um, just my roommate and she was working three jobs. I saw her for maybe an hour out of every single day if we sat down and had dinner together. And so I lost all of those things that were filling my cup and it caused major burnout. But getting to the point, um, some of the physical signs are that constant tired, um, even potentially like an increased amount of physical illnesses. You know, if you're noticing that your immune system is dropping, you're getting colds way more often, you're getting physically sick, muscle pains, lack of sleep or way too much sleep and a change in appetite. I can say for certain that when I was suffering burnout, food didn't sound appetizing to me. I think there was two weeks straight where all I did was drink water and eat bagel bites because bagel bites were like the only thing I could get myself to eat. They were small, they were snackable, and it was just something to put in my stomach. God knows those are not healthy and nor were they giving you the nutrition you needed to continue living. (laughs) No, they were not doing anything for me except for my brain going, congratulations, you ate a thing. Mm-hmm. None of the foods that have been proven to actually help with mental health, um, which we can get on into later on. I'm sure Mina has more resources on that than I do. Um, but some of the emotional symptoms as well are that failure and that <laughs> self-doubt that I was talking about earlier, the helplessness. There's the detachment, maybe intentional or unintentional, feeling lonely. I know for a lot of people during the pandemic, that's how they felt because they had no proximity to others and for a lot of us you cannot get that same reinforcement over facetime or text or social media no matter how much you try i think we can all agree it is a very different experience catching up with your friends in person versus trading texts back and forth yeah some people are just in-person people like that you know like I was always chilling like I had no problem being in quarantine we've talked about this before like I'm very much the artist type like give me my paintbrush and or like you know my camera whatever like I was taking pictures of my mom making homemade masks and I was very fulfilled by that (laughs) like I found something to do but some people just can't do that you know and I think part of it for me was also because like the majority of my family has lived in another state or another country my entire life, so I'm just used to being on the phone with people that I love, you know, I'm used to not being able to see people all the time, and then I was in a long-distance relationship for over a year, so, you know, we were on the phone all the time, so it's just something I was used to prior to the pandemic, which is, I guess, why I was so, like, it was a very easy transition for me. Yeah, and burnout can happen I'm speaking a lot in parameters of the pandemic because that's when I experienced it. Obviously, it can happen at any mm-hmm. point. You know, it doesn't actually have to be through isolation. Oh, I for sure experienced, yeah, I experienced burnout in a very different way. It wasn't isolation for me like it was for you. For me, burnout was like, I stopped wanting to take pictures. I stopped feeling inspired by it. It was it was around the end of high school because I had already been working 
professionally and doing like it photography has been my job job since I was like 15 like everyone else got their first job at Chick-fil-a I was a photographer (laughs) um because of my my mom was a photographer and so that's what I grew up knowing and being trained how to do and all the things I got a very early start but not the point at the end of high school um I had just definitely burnt myself out because I was working so much and I was doing so much and it was just it's a lot to handle, especially as, like, a 16, 17-year-old because, you know, you're not really used to working, working, and, and photography is one of those things where it's not like Chick-fil-A where you can just go in, work for five hours, and then be done and leave it at home, leave it there, go home, and not worry about it, you know? Like, for me, I go to work, and then I take work home with me. Like, work really, I never really stop working, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have a nine-to-five, and even if I am working a wedding or something that's like a 12-hour day, I bring that work home with me and I do 40 to 80 hours of post-work afterwards, you know, and then there's also like the keeping up with clients and client relations and delivering galleries and working on like the business side of things and insurance and all that, like there's so many moving parts to owning a business and so I, since I started so young and I had no idea how to handle that, I got burnt out really, really quickly and I just stopped loving what I did. I stopped loving the thing that got me there in the first place, and that was really hard, and so what I did was I just took a really big, long break, and I put my camera down for almost a year. Almost a year. I just kind of put it down, and I let it go, and then out of nowhere, I was given the opportunity to go back and do some more professional work a year or so later, and that kind of catapulted me into a whole new season of inspiration and all it was was I just needed something fresh something new to inspire me and people around me to inspire me and I'm so grateful to this day for the people who got me back into it because genuinely I would not have the career that I have and I would not be as happy as I am now if I hadn't had those people pushing me through that burnout exactly you had people pushing you as well as that your career started filling your cup again after that Mm -hmm. separation. I know a fear for a lot of people is that their career is the thing that fills their cup. So what do you do when your career is the reason you're burnt out? Well, that's why you have several things filling your cup. It's about... Yeah, we just had that conversation because that was like the only thing that really fills my cup. The only thing that really I felt like was for a long time bringing me joy was work that's exactly what I was feeling in the fall. I mean, I was going through a lot of other things too in the fall, but like working 40 plus hour weeks on top of not really having any hobbies or anything like that because I was working so much and then like having hobbies not really be filling my cup and like the only thing that I really enjoyed was working and then I was like, what the hell do I do if this stops filling my cup? I was so stressed about that. Yeah, and you were stressing before you had even got there because you've been through it before. You've been burnt out in your career. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think, and this is a truly personal opinion, that when only your career is filling your cup that much, nothing will satisfy you to that extent until your career dials it back some. Because I know so many people who starting out their careers, starting out their businesses, that was the only thing filling their cup because it required so much work. And as things started to settle and flow into either the business didn't work out or it did and they were really able to sustain that, then they were able to find more things to fill their cup. You know, and several of these people are also creative, so it was like, yeah, this is what I do for a living as I I make 
this i have a sorority sister who like makes jewelry and she absolutely loved that and ended up finding like that she also enjoyed doing those like cartoons of people she found that doing stuff like that she loved and instead of monetizing it it's something she put into our sorority in making t-shirts and that kind of thing because she didn't want in her situation didn't want to monetize it but wanted to continue sharing it because it brought her joy and it was because the other thing she was doing wasn't filling Mm -hmm. her cup as much now that there was kind of smooth sailing after she spent so much time making all this jewelry that she has things on back order you know that it was just if something shows up, ship it, and it didn't mm-hmm. require as much mental, physical, emotional effort. And then she was able to find more things filling her cup. For those who were in school, if school fills your cup, congratulations. Um, please DM me. I have several questions. But <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's so important. You know, they say, like, you're going to make the most out of your college experience by being a part of groups. Personally, I just think it helps... So that way you don't get overwhelmed and burnt out. So that way your self-identity does not become grades or school or even like the, oh, I just want to get this done mentality because I've been there and I realized Mm -hmm. like once I was in the mentality of like, I just want to get this done and over with that my schoolwork was suffering. Even if at that point my grades hadn't started Mm -hmm. suffering yet, I was turning in papers that I was like, I know I'm going to get an A, but I hate this paper. Like, this is the worst thing I've ever written in my life. <laughs> there was a point in college and I was turning in papers. I was like, I know I'm going to get an F, but I'm turning it in anyways because I have to meet the deadline. <laughs> They're going to give me points for writing my name. <laughs> exactly. And I turned in a paper last week, maybe a week and a half ago, that I was like, I hate this paper. But I was like, I worked my butt off on it. Like, I spent so much time and energy trying to figure out what was happening with this paper. I did not understand, like... The prompter, things like that. I was in the Q&A with the professor and she ended up like after everybody turned in, she gave critiques and opened it back up to be resubmitted because so many people were struggling. But I didn't have that same like defeated feeling knowing not I just worked my butt off. I spent a week trying to write this paper to get all of the proper statistics to rewatch three of the lectures to make sure I'm doing the stats right everything regarding that and that's why it matters to have things filling your cup because you're gonna have one of two reactions you're gonna have the I absolutely failed that and oh well it doesn't matter and I don't care or oh crap I think I failed that but I worked my butt off for it I reached out to who I needed to reach out to to get help or I absolutely failed that and next time I'll reach out for help. You know, once I get the grade back, I'll go meet up with the professor. You have so many Mm -hmm. different ways to react, but you're either going to continue putting yourself in that burnout where you are going all in with what you can, but that's only half of the energy that you were able to give on a good day when you were actually motivated, or you're just not going to care at all. And by finding things that will continue to fill your cup, either completely different from where whether you're in school or completely different from your career whatever it is or for a lot of people it is related to their career and it's just another thing that fills their cup I mean basically what we're saying is like you have to make time for things that aren't 
your main source of income or aren't your your main thing you know like if you're an artist you or like a photographer videographer like we know like I know how much fun you have creating and doing those fun artsy things but you have to make time for other things that you enjoy too whether it's listening to podcasts about creative things or maybe reading books about creative things or finding another creative outlet that you're not monetizing because then there's when you monetize something that you enjoy you are putting pressure on it and in some cases like when you've got your deadlines and you've got money involved and you you know somebody's paying you a pretty decent amount of money to cover whatever event or thing or whatever like there's a little bit of pressure on you and so you feel maybe a little bit less um, like you can just have fun with it and enjoy what you're doing because you feel like there's an expectation of something that has to happen, you know what I mean? Or like a product that, an end product that has to be pretty much perfect, um, because someone's paying you for the thing, you know? And I hear a lot of people tell me, like, when I'm talking to other creatives about wedding photography and like what I do and everything, they're like, honestly, I could never do that. I feel like there's just so much pressure and I just like... I get that, but I don't, like, I understand where they're coming from, how there could be so much pressure, because, I mean, this is a really big thing that someone's trusting me with, you know, and it's hard for some people to have fun while working in this industry, because they pay us a lot of money to make sure that we are capturing heirlooms, you know, like, we are creating heirlooms out of one chance moment, and that is a lot of pressure, but there's that's a very quick way to become burnt out if you are constantly focused on that, you know, or like if you're a math person and you do math all the time or you're an accountant or financial advisor or engineer or anything like that, you're studying engineering, whatever your path may be, you know, like I know you probably love doing math. It's probably something that you enjoy doing, but you either have to find a way to do it that isn't related to work Oh, play that, that twenty forty eight game or whatever, or or like do Sudoku or something. Do something else with numbers that isn't related to your job, because that's how you get burnt out. Or find another creative outlet in a different way. You know, like I know plenty of people who work in finance or work in you know engineering or something very <laughs> straightforward and black and white that are photographers or are artists of some kind you know and they like to create like my mom's a doctor but she paints she paints and like she's always working with health and technical things but then she goes home and she paints because that's how she stays alive you know that's how she keeps inspired and and you know doesn't get burnt out because you have to have other outlets because then when she has those other outlets she feels more inspired by what she's doing my dad is an engineer and we joke that he's never actually going to retire as far as we are aware he adores his job and I know for a fact two of the things that outside of work brought him a lot of joy was math table which if um, you've never heard of it, <laughs> was when my dad would force us to sit at the dining room table and do math homework, and he would basically tutor anybody <laughs> who was willing to show up. Oh, math table. I I kid you not, I'm sure that I could have advertised it at school <laughs> and I could have monetized it, but oh, I didn't want to put anybody table. else through what that. Time. <laughs> Love me some math table. I know. An adulting but table. that also, <laughs> he adulting table yes my dad and i have um, monthly zoom or facetime calls where we go over a different thing um, i would really like to be included in these again Um, 
y'all are interested in that, I'm. We could make it a mini series. We last time created a budget, and it's one budget that you can use for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh! Wait, can we have Butto on the podcast to talk about adulting? I think that would be the best thing to ever happen. I'm gonna have to put the microphone where I'm sitting and then make him stand across the room so it doesn't bust through people's headphones. <laughs> And if I can get him to do that, then yes. It's okay. They're used to me talking. I'm loud. <laughs> yeah, but I can lower you. <laughs> oh. But the other thing that he enjoys doing is he loves to fix things. Like I said, he's an engineer, but he's a chemical engineer. So he mostly works with math. And that man can and will fix almost anything. As long as it does not require lifting the actual engine out of the car he's probably gonna try and do it himself he has at my grandmother's house refinished Mm. a deck um has spent the last i want to say maybe 12 years of my life fixing a hot tub over time finally got it working and he just loves those kind of projects and i truly (laughs) think the longer it takes him to finish the project the more he enjoys it because I think it finally gives him a challenge. That's so interesting. For because for most people, I feel like they get really impatient and they can't do the long projects. They just pay someone else to do it. Because everyone in our generation is so used to everything being so instant. You know, with phones, if a text message doesn't send instantly, we get upset. If I don't know a, a web page doesn't load instantly or Instagram doesn't load instantly, then we get upset. If it takes more than five minutes to do a task, we get impatient because we're the ser- like we're the generation of um, technology and things having to be quick and and you know instant. But like, ugh, I miss I I am the kind of person that likes the process, the long process, and like things taking a long time because it makes you appreciate them more. For me, the things outside of when I was working full time (laughs) or outside of school that fill my cup are all things that are long term. You know, it was a part of being something bigger than myself with my sorority. Prior to that, it was clubs in high school. I was in Girl Scouts for 12 years and spent the majority of high school working on different large community projects that took me at least a year to finish and be a part of and that's the kind of stuff that fills my cup because it's mentally and emotionally stimulating you know it's it's why I enjoy reading and not listening to audiobooks because I can sit there and I can create it in my head and read through everything at my own pace really take my time to enjoy the writing these are all long-term things and I know a lot of people who are like well I just don't have the time to read which is why I don't do it Mm -hmm. and for me it's it's a big enough thing that fills my cup to make the time for it and I think that's a huge part of it is I hate the saying we all have the same 24 hours in the day because we don't I do not have children I am a caretaker for my grandmother who still has her faculties about her you know the majority of what I I do for her is just lifting objects that she cannot lift and cooking so I cannot say that the things that I do to fill my cup which take longer than what some other people do are better or worse than anything else because they're not they're the things that fill my cup and may not be yours 
I have so many people in my life who, when I tell them, like, yeah, I make sure that once a week I sit down and read and I have finished three books in two days, look at me like I'm absolutely insane. Because to them... You are kind of insane. (laughs) But to them, that's not something that would be worth... Case in point. ...spending the time. And for me, that is my hard reset. Like, if I'm getting to the point where I need to read three books in two days, I needed a hard reset. <laughs> or I would, or I just picked a really short book, which is what happened in the very specific situation Mina and I are talking about. You're insane. I don't know how you read that many books in such a short period of time. And maybe it's because I'm dyslexic and so I can, like, barely read. <laughs> Not actually. I can actually read. <laughs> Hi. Hi, my name's Jared. I'm 19 and I can't read. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Yeah. One of the things that for a long time you were doing to fill your cup and supplement creativity was your watercolor paintings. And I I do not have the patience for that because that's not something mm, that fills yeah. my cup. Like, yeah, I like the paint by numbers, but, like, I get pretty bored of it pretty quickly. It doesn't feel stimulating. It's so funny because I loved watercolor painting and then I made the mistake of monetizing it and putting them on my Etsy page and I haven't touched a watercolor since mm, December of 2020 (laughs) because I monetized it and I got like I felt so much pressure from the Christmas rush of being a small creator or small shop owner and being like a custom order artists and everything and I had like 40 orders to do in maybe two weeks and each one of those paintings takes like a decent amount of time to get them right so I was literally sleeping maybe two to three hours every 24 hours um (laughs) and trying to pump out these orders as fast as I could and after that I was like I cannot touch another watercolor till I die (laughs) like Ashley asked me to do one for her grandmother and I sketched it got that far and then I could not get my my watercolors out couldn't do it still sitting on my desk (laughs) it's okay I'll get there eventually I never told her about it so it's not like there's any deadline or anything she's just gonna be excited whenever it shows up (laughs) honestly I'll probably end up framing it and delaying it till whenever the next holiday is after I get it cute love that see exactly and I think there's a huge pressure I don't know how many of y'all were told this growing up, but um, my parents very much were like, find something you love and monetize it. Because that was always the thought process of, well, if you can make money doing something you love, then you'll never work a day in your life. To an extent, that's true. But what we're talking about here is the issues that come along with that mentality when you're constantly trying to monopolize your hobbies you know absolutely it is wonderful if you find a career that you are passionate about and is consistently filling your cup like Mina has with Mm -hmm. photography not everybody is yeah not everybody is that lucky I am Mm -hmm. passionate about psychology (laughs) and I love it and I still got burnt out from school no matter how happy I was with the topic because there's so much else that goes into just this general thing making you happy you know photography has made Mina so happy and she got to watch her mom build a business from the ground up so she knew partially what she was getting into ahead of time was able to know like this is this is 
mm-hmm. the emotional labor, physical labor that goes into trying to build something from the ground up. And not everybody can get that heads up. You know, they say social workers are one of the have one of the highest burnout rates. And of course, they talk about, well, this is very emotionally taxing and traumatic, but there's so much in the system that has to go through. It is a part of being being a part of something so much bigger than you that you don't have control over that also leads to that burnout because they took something that they were passionate about in saying, I want to help people. I want to make sure children are safe and make sure that they are put in well-respected, happy families. And if anybody knows anything about the foster system, that doesn't always happen. And then there's the guilt of, I put this child in this situation. Was it better or worse in the situation they were in? And there's a bureaucratic system above them that they didn't actually get a say in this situation. They're simply the face of what's happening behind the screen. And it's a way in a lot of careers because you are part of a company, something bigger than yourself. You don't have that Mm -hmm. full control over to say, this part of it is not filling my cup and I'm not happy with it. So I'm going to change it depending on the field that you're in, there are legal ramifications for things that you can't do, even if you believe that it would be better set up that way. There are companies that you work for that have their own beliefs and role systems where what you're doing may be the thing that brings you the most joy. Maybe being an accountant truly fills your cup, but the company that you are working for has certain amount that they take out or filing systems that are just completely draining on you physically or emotionally and all of those can lead to burnout that you can't control so you can control the other aspects of burnout your life because yes that is a career that at its core brings you joy but because of the things you can't control it's actually causing burnout and holding close to that this generic thing is what brings me joy and holding on and finding things outside of your career that either, like we said earlier, have something to do with that career. Maybe you are working in the foster care system and part of what brings you joy is helping at a nearby homeless shelter or soup kitchen. At my church, we had several members who did that as their kind of I can't fix everything in the foster care system, but I can donate time and money to a soup kitchen for those that the system has failed. Or, you know, domestic violence centers, things like that, where they feel like they are taking control of the aspects that they didn't in their career. Mm -hmm. And you can do that in any field if you choose to continue doing something similar to your career. Or, like I said, I have struggled to find hobbies that truly fill my cup. Reading has been a huge one for me, but has been since I was a child. (laughs) It's very much an escape for me. And at times, it stops filling my cup because I feel like, well, I should be doing something more productive. So when it stops filling my cup, I stop doing it. Now, I probably didn't read for like a singular book outside of school of probably like two years while I was in college. Because after being nonstop in school for 14 years at that point, reading was no longer bringing me joy. It just felt like doing more work. 
So I found other things. And then after I took my year off and I came back to school, reading has started filling my cup again because I'm able to disassociate it from I'm doing reading for school and I'm doing reading for fun. Part of that has been I'm not reading any classics right now because reading classics that I have to sit and analyze feels a lot like schoolwork to me while in the past it was Mm -hmm. pleasant and enjoyable and so I'm reading like solely like fantasy and like psychological thrillers speaking of I have a whole whole foods bag full of books for you in my trunk you also have two baskets and a t-shirt for me as well right I do yes I have a lot of things for you phenomenal well it's a good thing we're going on spring break together Yay! <laughs> Guess who can finally film TikToks? Oh my god! <laughs> you guys, we were joking about like we're going on spring break because it's Ashley's spring break. I work a full time job. I don't have spring break, <laughs> but we're going on spring break for Ashley's spring break. And we were joking that I need the jo- the break more than she does because my ass has been out here working. 80 hour weeks why who let me do that I don't know because I was not given the hi sign here to allow Mina to do this form it did not get approved by Ashley (laughs) it's Um, so funny people were like oh yeah you know like okay so it's like oh you don't want to work a nine-to-five job fine work for yourself you'll work 24 hours a day (laughs) that's one of my favorite things I kid you not I kid you not that's what it feels like sometimes but I mean, I love it, so it doesn't feel like work, which is why it's fine, I guess, but I don't realize, like, I'm working all the time. Like, literally yesterday, I was sitting at my desk, and I was just doing some random work, and John called me, and I was like, what the hell am I doing? It's Sunday, it's beautiful outside, it's the warmest it's been in months, why am I sitting at my desk doing work on a random Sunday afternoon? We are going outside, get ready, we're leaving right now. (laughs) And so we went and sat outside, and I just, like, read a book, and did some like doodling on my ipad while he was studying and it was great because it was outside you know and like i just needed to get away and like even though i was doing some stuff for work i was still not doing it in my office i wasn't sitting in like a room where i wasn't enjoying the weather you know sometimes you just have to change your environment even if you want to keep doing whatever it is that you're doing like work-wise I was like I realize I know I work so much and I know I love what I do but I have to have a change in environment I have to have a change in something otherwise I'm gonna burn myself out and I can't be doing that because I'm a little young to be burning myself out of a career (laughs) me and I had this conversation probably about like two weeks ago I know I've talked about this on the podcast before but the weather definitely affects my mood because I hate being in the house too much I require the amount of vitamin D of a lizard in the desert. Um, <laughs> and where I say it, my grandmother's so is in this basement area. And she has this beautiful desk set up that I thought was going to be great. Because I was going to have a demarcated space to study and just really get in the zone. And I realized that for sitting there for so long, I was like, I just feel trapped. Like mentally and physically. And so I did a test run of different coffee shops anywhere that I could sit in a window on a sunny day and it made all the difference I Mm -hmm. today specifically I have a very good schedule of I go to my first class I leave campus get lunch and go to to Barnes and Noble and sit in their large window and do studying for two hours and then go back to class 
Well, today it was rainy, it was gross, and I packed my lunch, so I stayed in my car for the entire time period between my first and second class. And when it came time for my second class, I was sitting in there just kind of vaguely off. You know, I was paying attention, I was talking, I was doing all of the necessary things, but I did not feel like I was retaining any information. I didn't feel stimulated because I didn't separate myself during that time period to where even though I spend my time studying during that break, I am moving. I am separating myself. It's at least like I'll purposefully park far away from the door for Barnes and Noble and I'll walk the extra, I don't know, it's probably like 20 steps. It's not much, but it's getting my body moving and up and going that makes all the difference in the world. And it's all of those little things that you either do or don't do that can stop you from burning out or even noticing these symptoms of burnout way earlier. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. even realize I went to New Jersey this past week to visit my significant other and I didn't even realize how like just repetitive I was feeling leading up to it until I was gone for four days and just enjoying myself, having a good time, you know, spending time with his family and friends and came back and I felt refreshed when I was sitting down and studying and when I went to my first class this morning it just felt new all over again and of course like Mm -hmm. that's the reason for spring break but I hadn't left this area since I started school in January and it felt amazing to have once again that kind of hard reset and I realized like I can't do that again you know once I had the change, I was able to note, okay, two and a half months is way too long to be only focused on just school and not really do anything else outside of that. I still don't have friends here in Alabama, nobody outside of my family. So for me, it it's very important that I take that like one weekend a month or whatever it is to go visit people who I am not blood related to. And just take a weekend. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And, like, I do the same thing with different kinds of photography. You know, like, I used to work in sports photography for a really long time, and I loved that. But I got into weddings, obviously, and then I do portraiture, and then I do, you know, like, I work on film sets and everything. And even though they're all creative jobs they're still so different from each other with how you do the whole day how it's all processed the end process the beginning process like everything from start to finish is very different in each of those things so even though I technically am a full-time wedding photographer and I run that business every now and then I'll take on a sports event you know at least once every few months just for something different so that when I go back to doing weddings I'm like oh hey this is exciting and different and new and I can try something else and then or, like, doing film sets, you know, like, on weekdays, I'll work on film sets, and that's, like, a completely different environment from what I'm doing in weddings, so then when I go to work on a Saturday working at a wedding, it feels very different from what I'm doing Monday through Thursday on a film set, and even though they're both creative jobs, I'm feeling less burnt out than if I'm doing, like, when I do three or four weddings in a week because there's random weekday weddings, and then I've got, like, two weddings over the weekend, like, I feel dead, come the following week but 
if I'm working on a film set during the weekdays and then I have one wedding over the weekend and then I have a sporting event somewhere in there, I feel less burnt out. I feel less tired because I'm stimulated in so many different creative ways. So it's not like one thing or another. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. I I don't know if I mentioned this earlier to you specifically, but I actually this was you. I said I'm feeling both overstimulated and understimulated at the same time because I was feeling overstimulated where I wasn't really doing anything besides homework all day and I'm only taking two classes so it get to the point where like I was studying way more than I needed to be because I just felt like well I have this free time I should be studying even though I had already like finished the homework and understood the concept and gotten started on papers or whatever it was so I was feeling overly pressured to study as if anybody but me was keeping track of that and I was feeling understimulated because it was the only thing I was doing to stimulate myself now I don't currently have my dog living with me so it's not like I had him to play with or going on runs the weather's just been kind of gross so I haven't been going outside I talked about this last episode I don't currently have a gym so still trying to figure some of those things out and finding other ways to stimulate myself because I'm just stuck in a weird place to where it doesn't feel like burnout, but it's overly and understimulated. So funny enough, um, I've been reading this book, 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. And it's pretty good, you know, like I, I like some of the little excerpts in here, but um, today, before we even decided on this topic, <laughs> I stopped on the page that's about the knowing doing gap and why we avoid doing what's best for us and how to conquer the resistance for good because like it's a it's about like procrastination and um feeling stuck and feeling like pushing the resistance of like feeling stuck and pushing the resistance of like burnout basically mm-hmm. you know because that that's really what procrastination is if you're procrastinating something it's because you don't want to do it <laughs> period plain and simple period you're not inspired by the thing you don't want to do it because when i'm inspired by something and i'm excited about something better believe i get it done like instantaneously i'm gonna say one thing that i know for a fact applies to people with either specific or generalized anxiety and that's a lot of times procrastination comes from the want to be perfect at that thing that you're very passionate about but Mm -hmm. feeling like you're not going to accomplish it yes and so that procrastination can come from a lot of places but um i don't know if you're going to continue reading the essay there's a book how to get your shit together that addresses the same thing and it addresses both the unmotivation to do the thing you're procrastinating and the anxiety it's a book i highly recommend it is easy to apply as you said that i read literally i read the line anxiety builds in our idle hours as you said that so I guess I'm going to read a little bit of this um, book by Brianna Weist um, called 101 Essays That Will Change the Way You Think. And I, I highly recommend this. You can get it on Amazon. Um, and it's a good book. It's on Kindle Unlimited. Yes. That's what I have it on. Personally, I just like physical books. I like being able to flip through them. So I do have the physical copy. But here we are. I do too. But if you subscribe to Kindle Unlimited, um, I think it's free. Oh. Well, that's cool. If you read a lot. 
Anyways, um, we are going to read the essay called The Knowing Doing Gap, Why We Avoid Doing What's Best for Us, and How to Conquer Resistance for Good. The ancient Greeks call it akresia. The Zen Buddhists call it resistance. You and I call it procrastination. Every productivity guru on the internet calls it being stuck. Jeffrey Peffer and Robert Sutton call it the knowing doing gap, or the experience of knowing the best thing to do, but doing something else anyways. Common sense tells us that if we put another hour into novel writing each night, eat or ate better, woke up earlier, choose affirmative thoughts, spoke honestly and connected more genuinely, we'd live better lives. But the real question in the real work is not understanding what's good for us, but why we choose otherwise. Understanding the fabric of resistance is the only way we can unstitch it. I think this is important because for burnout, you know, like for a lot of us, we know that the thing we're doing is not productive. We know that the thing we're doing is not inspiring us. So it's like, why are we not getting up and changing our circumstances? Because no one has the power to change your circumstances, but you, right? So if your work or your school or whatever is not inspiring you and you're procrastinating and feeling lazy and like you don't want to do it, then why don't you go change your major? Why don't you go look into something else? Why don't you figure out a way to reroute your career to do something a little different in this with your same education, you know? Like, there's so many different paths you can take, but why don't you do it? Why are you continuing to just be stuck? Exactly, and you don't have to fully change your path. That's why we've been saying finding other things to fill your cup, because it's not necessarily, like, turn right instead of left, but, like, take a step to the side mm-hmm. just change right start by changing one little thing until you feel whole again right exactly sometimes you just need to take a step back and look at your life from an outside perspective and take a deep breath do some meditation i'm not kidding seriously sit with it for a minute just sit quietly listen to the birds put on some good soft music or something and breathe and just decompress and then decide from there because you really have to give your brain a minute to process and decompress before you can continue throwing yourself into working 80 hour weeks or working 40 hour weeks or hell working 20 hour weeks doing schoolwork because schoolwork is a lot you know like school is a full-time job and all of my friends and all of my roommates are all in school to be doctors right now and they're so stressed and they literally are in school all day every day and I like see them come in and come out and they're just like exhausted all the time and it's easy to get burnt out in those situations and it's really easy to forget why it is that you love what you're doing or why you got into doing what you're doing so you have to have other things you know to, to um you have to have other things to inspire you and and help you kind of understand keep remembering why you love what you do and you do what you do but to continue there are many reasons why we self-sabotage and most of them have something to do with comfort modern society Innovation, culture, wealth, success is designed to convince us that a, quote, good life is one that is the most comfortable or able to provide us with a sense of being pain-free and secure. This is pretty directly related to the fact that human beings are hardwired to seek comfort, which translates to us as um, survival. 
we're physio we're physiologically designed that way it only makes sense that in our more fully actualized intellectual and emotional lives that we'd want the same moving yourself past resistance is a matter of shifting your perception of comfort it's about considering the alternative it's altering your mindset to focus on the discomfort you will face if you don't do the thing in front of you as opposed to the discomfort you will face if you do so like it's just it's not comfortable to think about changing your routine you know to think about trying something new or think about the failure that it could be if you do try something new and it doesn't go as planned you know like I have a lot of people that I recommend for working on film sets when I can't if I'm booked you know and like they're like oh I've always wanted to do that because it seems so cool and fun and whatever and I'm like yeah that's awesome I can totally recommend you to be a production assistant or something a very straightforward entry-level job and then they like freak out and they're like wait but can I do it and I'm like yeah I mean there's a lot of things to learn but just be patient and you can do it like anyone can everyone starts somewhere and they're like, okay, but, like, I don't know anything about anything, and, like, you get there, and you freak the fuck out when they start using, like, words, like, they're like, oh, can you go grab me a stinger? What the hell is a stinger? Like, if you have never been on a film set, or you didn't go to film school, or you've never been around somebody in the, like, what the hell is a stinger? It's an extension cord, by the way, but, like, what? Or, like, go grab me a C-stand. What the fuck is a C-stand? Does it look like a C? No. It is a straight pole with three legs, and you wouldn't know, like, there's, yeah, I, <laughs> don't ask me why it's called a C-stand. It's a straight pole with three legs. <laughs> it's like, it's like things like that, you know, like, there's gonna be some discomfort in, like, what? I, what? I don't know how to do any of these things, and it was definitely scary the first time I ever did. I was like, what do I do? But, like, I was really lucky to have a lot of really awesome people around me that wanted to teach me and wanted me to learn. And so they were explaining all the basic little things to me like it, it was literally my first day, even though they'd been doing it for years. So you just have to find people, I guess, willing to help you if you're changing. And, like, I'm one of those people. I'm always trying to help people grow. So, you know, they're out there. Anyways. <laughs> Um, if left unchecked, the knowing-doing gap will leave you a shell of a person that you, or will leave you a shell of a person that you intended to be. It will wreck your most intimate, passionate relationships, keep you from the kind of daily productivity required to achieve any goal worth working towards. It will keep you in a manic state of indecision. Do I or don't I? Which feeling do I let guide me? You have to take control for yourself, and you can do so by considering the big picture, the alternative, the way your life will be if you don't do this thing. How will you qualifiably measure this year? What will you What will you have done? How many hours will you have wasted? If you had lived today or any average day on repeat for the rest of your life, where would you end up? What would you have accomplished? How happy would you be? What relationship will you have um fostered will you be looking back knowing that you likely damn well missed out on what could have been the love of your life because you weren't quote ready what about the hours that you could have been playing music or writing or painting or whatevering where were those well where will those have gone you know I think that's really really important everything that she just said because like so many people also say, like, if you're later on in life, well, it's too late for me to start a new career. It's too late for me to go back to school. It's like, well, 
If you're 50 years old and you want to go back to school, you're either going to be, you're going to be 54, but you're either going to be 54 with a new degree and a new career and a whole new set of skills that might make you actually happy, or you're going to be 54 and still miserable. So take your pick. (laughs) Yeah, on a much smaller scale than that, the way um, I think about it is, have you ever had those days where you sit down at the end of the day and you go, what did I actually do today? Yeah. Yeah. And you look back and you're like, yeah, I didn't have anything that I needed to accomplish today. But instead of sitting down and watching an entire season of a show I've watched eight times, could I have finally gone to that coffee shop that I've been wanting to try? Mm -hmm. Or if I didn't have the money for that, gone to the park or called a loved one? You know, I had for the first time in X amount of time actual hours in the day to do whatever I wanted with them and I understand there are some days where you're like all I want to do is sit down and watch a season of a show that I've seen a million times Mm -hmm. absolutely when you do that enough times at the end of it you're like man I could have done so much more with that and not necessarily in a typical productive nature of I could have done more studying or I could have worked on an album or whatever it is but more of an emotionally productive day Mm -hmm. Could I have finally listened to that podcast or started that meditation? Wrote my first journal. Life is on the other side of discomfort. Period. Let me say that again. Life is on the other side of discomfort. It doesn't matter what the thing is, whether it's trying a new coffee shop or learning a new skill or going back to school or... I don't know, cooking a new meal, anything, any damn thing, making your bed in the morning. Life is on the other side of discomfort because think about the world that opens up when you go to that new coffee shop. Maybe you're going to meet your best friend, your new best friend. Maybe you'll bump into someone and like it'll be like a Nicholas Sparks love story and it's like you just fall in love with some person standing in front of you at a coffee shop. Like, you don't know. Those things really do happen, okay? Like, as somebody who literally goes to weddings for a living, I have heard some of the most crazy stories about how people have met in the, like, most random ways, things like that. Standing in a coffee shop, literally. Like, you never know where you're going to meet your best friend, where you're going to meet your significant other, where you're going to get a job opportunity. Like, I was literally standing in line at the grocery store talking to someone about work. Like, they just, like, mentioned something to me because of a logo on my shirt. And we started talking about work, and that led to a a set job, which was like, what? That's so random, you know? But you never know. Life is on the other side of discomfort. And for me, talking to random strangers is very uncomfortable. I am not the person that just makes friends with every random stranger out there. But every time I've talked to some random stranger, I've ended up being, like, friends with them or having an actual productive conversation that led somewhere or gave me some crazy epiphany or, you know, like, it's always been good. And even if it wasn't, like, you know, significant in any way, it was still like, oh, that was kind of nice. You know, they were kind of (laughs) nice. So life happens on the other side of discomfort, period. Like, full stop, end of statement. (laughs) Um, absolutely. But to continue, you'll never be ready for the things that matter. And waiting to feel ready before you start acting is how the knowing doing gap widens. It's uncomfortable to work, to stretch the capacity of your tolerance, to be vulnerable with someone you care deeply about. But it is never more comfortable than going your whole life without the things that you really want. 
Anxiety builds in our idle hours. Fear and resistance thrive when we're avoiding the work. Most things aren't as hard or as trying as we chalk them up to be. They're ultimately fun and rewarding and ex- expressing of who we really are, and that's why we want them. Taking small steps to remind you that this is true, is it will soothe you in a way that just thinking and talking action never will. It's easy to act your way into new ways of thinking rather than think your way into new ways of acting. So do one little thing today and let the momentum build and think whatever forces within you that know that there's something bigger for you. The one that's pushing you to be comfortable with less. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, One of the many reasons why I love this book there's a lot of just like wisdom and like very obvious things that it's like you innately know but having them pointed out in such a blatant way is kind of nice yeah I think that essay did a great job of explaining where we kind of let burnout get to by going into this knowing doing gap um Mm -hmm. to wrap up this episode I want to cover from the same website that goes to the symptoms of burnout. If y'all are interested in reading it, it will be added to my link tree. Also goes through the top five tips for dealing with burnout, which include turning to other people. Like Mina said, having people in your life who push you and help you find new hobbies or you reconnect with your passion is huge. Reframing the way you look at work or look at life, part of what that essay just talked about is just reshaping the way you think um I have never thought about looking at it as I will feel more discomfort putting this off than I will just going ahead and doing it I'm definitely gonna give that one a shot um, especially when it comes to tests and things like that um reevaluate your priorities specifically by setting boundaries and finding time to do those things that fill your cup. Um, Make exercise a priority. It's information that we all know at this point in our lives. Moving your body makes you feel better. Even if it's five, 10 minute bursts, whatever it is, if you need the hour long time at the gym or 30 minutes, whatever it is, moving your body is going to make you feel better and help you reset. And tip number five is support your mood and energy levels with a healthy diet. We're not saying you need to purge every horrible thing from your fridge and pantry and only eat carrots and hummus. But like I talked about earlier, when I was suffering from burnout and the only thing I could get myself to eat was bagel bites, none of it was replenishing me in a positive way. In fact, you know, eating a lot of processed foods is going to make you feel worse. Big facts. People don't realize how much what you eat really affects how you feel mentally and physically. And you may feel like, oh, it's fine. Like, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Like, I feel fine most days. Like, I feel okay. But the thing is, you can feel better than you feel. Like, your, your good is a healthier person's eh or not good, you know, like, I feel like people don't even realize that there is 
better than just good. There's better than just, I'm okay, you know, and I think for a lot of people, because especially in America, the way that our diet is here and the way that our routine is here, like, we live to work. Other countries work so that they can live. We live so that we can work, which is ridiculous, and it's a very much a cultural thing, and I get it, but also, like, living, working, eating, all the things. American habits are really not it, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest with you guys. Um, just my personal opinion. Just, that's just, that's how I feel about it. I don't know about you. It's okay if you disagree, but that's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, um, we'll probably dive more into health-conscious food and the effect it has on mental health in a later episode, because we've touched on it several times from season one up until now and i think it's probably time made in on this one because she is uh, very well versed in this topic (laughs) i think it's probably time that we fully address it oh yeah i agree but as for this episode on burnout thank you so much for listening i hope some of these tips work out or some of the symptoms you can start seeing prior to you truly struggling and actually becoming burnout it is all about taking preventative and preemptive measures in order to make sure that you are living your best life and being a part of the overarching topic of this month with a month wow munch month good job ashley being part it's okay. of okay i sound like a five-year-old when i'm reading and pop like it's like the popcorn reading in sixth grade when you just like embarrass the hell out of yourself that's what i sound like reading dude out loud, you so. did great Oh, thanks. You did. You did really well. Um, But burnout being part of our overarching theme of personal health and growth after we spent so much time talking about relationships. So thank you so much for tuning in. Anyways, it's been real, guys. Thanks for tuning in. And I can't wait to talk to you guys again next week. Make sure you keep up with our Instagram through the cracks.pod. We will be posting all kinds of polls and links and all kinds of mental health resources there. So make sure you check that out and follow along because Ashley and I are going on spring break. Probably while you're listening to this. <laughs> so. Definitely while you're listening to this definitely while you're listening to this so tune in and see what we've got going on (laughs) until next time i'm ashley and i'm mina and remember to make good choices